Hi, welcome to our podcast. To learn more about Liverpool One Church, join us live, give financially and to get involved, head to liverpoolonechurch.com. We believe God wants to do great things in and through your life today. Enjoy this message. Lights, camera, action. Get ready, get ready, get ready. The people are coming. Get the chair set. Make sure the room is clean. Test the sound. Fix the mics. Create the moment. Write the message. Get the shot. Upload the footage. Make sure the people are talking about the next big event. But wait. Slow down. Rewind. What am I doing again? Why am I here? Why am I so focused on this, the gathering, the church? Because who is this all about? It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him. It's always been about him. Just him. Just Jesus. The way, the truth and the life. The one who stood in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego so that the flame would never harm them. The one who stood by me when I was at death's door. When I was in the storm, when my heart was broken and I didn't know when and where I would see my joy again. When my feet were sinking in sand so deep that I gave up myself, there was no one else but him. In the midst of it all, it was just Jesus. So forget about the lights, the chairs, the aesthetic in the room and remember why we're here. Not for anyone else. We're here for him. We're here because of him. Just him. Just Jesus. Well, hey, Liverpool One Church, everyone in the room and everyone online, it is really great to have you all here today. And I can see your faces. We are masks off, if you so choose. Some weeks, we don't know whether we'll go back to masks on, but we are now masks off and we're sounding like something out of a karate kid. But hey, mask on, mask off, you are welcome here today. And I've been praying for you this week, church, and I've been praying that today you wouldn't just come and hear something from the Bible, but you will hear a word from God for you. Because our God is so great. He's so incredible. He knows you so well. He knows exactly where you are in your life, and he's able to bring a word to meet you right where you're at in life too. So we're all going to hear the same message, but we will all hear it differently according to where we are in our Christian faith. Um, We're in the middle of this series. Well, we're not actually. We're at the end of this series. And I love that I get to close a series. I love when I open series, but I love even more when I get to close a series because there's a natural slipstream to jump right into. We've been talking around the subject of just Jesus We thought this year we'd go right back to basics, right back to the beginning. You know, last night I was watching a movie, and um, what the movie was is irrelevant, but there was this, this story that I was following in the movie, and there was a girl who started dating the guy, and the guy was really, he was weird. He was mysterious. Every time she was asking him questions, he was answering in riddles. He wouldn't give her a straight answer. And he began to move his things into her house very slowly. And, and then the next thing you know, she's sitting with a friend and she says to this friend, I'm pregnant. And then she says, I don't know what to do because I hardly know him. And I just thought in that moment, we've got, so, we've got relationships so mixed up, so messed up, and so the wrong way around in society today that sometimes we can view our relationship with God in the same way. Like he's this God that we, we know nothing about and we don't understand. And, and part of the reason we went back to doing a series called Just Jesus, it's kind of like dating again. 
Like we're just going to get to know him. We're just going to find out who he is, what he's like. Because God is not a God who is so far off. Neither is he a God who is mute, but he's a God who wants to speak to you, have a relationship with you. And so over the last few weeks, we've discovered things about Jesus, about him being a compassionate God, about how his joy is our strength and it infuels us, how you can go to him as one of his favorite children. But today, I want to come across, I want to look at this from a slightly different angle. I want to ask you the question, what does Jesus say about you? You know, like, what does he call you? Who does he say you are? Because the clearer you become about him, the clearer you become about you. When you find out what the identity he he has given you, when you find your God-given identity, you find how to do life and placement in community. And so it's important that you know what he's called you. When you were born, your parents named you, Bob, Jimmy, Joe, Jane, whatever. But they named you and that name was so they could identify you. So it's really important that you know what Jesus called you so that when he calls, you can respond. You know, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, your spirit, your inner nature is reborn. In John 1, it puts it like this. But to all who believe in him and accepted him, He gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting in human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So all who ask Jesus Christ to become their Lord and Saviour are spiritually reborn. Through faith in Jesus, you have a new life in God. This new birth changes us from the inside out. It rearranges our thinking, our attitudes, our desires, and our motives. When you are born, um, when you are physically born, when you are born to your parents, it makes you come physically alive. But when you are reborn in God, it makes you come spiritually alive and it places you in His family. And with this, rebirth, there comes a renaming, a new name that is given to you. Now, I have many names because I might be many different things to different people. To some, I am friend. To some, I am mum. To some, I am, no, to one, I am wife. (laughs) Get that right, Emma. To some, I am pastor. To some, I am cousin. You know, I am different things. I have different names. God, too, has different names for you. In fact, I told you on this platform not so long ago, about five years into our marriage, my husband woke up one day and called me Barbara. And he called me Barbara for the foreseeable. And if your name is Barbara in here today, absolutely no offence. It just is not mine. And it drove me mad. And I refused to answer him. Every time he called me Barbara, I ignored him. And um, 
But God has different names for you too. And I just want to major on one of those names. Sometimes in the Bible, He calls you His beloved. Sometimes in the Word of God, He calls you a child of God. He, 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 he calls you worthy. He's got so many names for you. You know, when you um, order an Amazon package to your house, you can order the package and you can pay for it, but it's going to require two things. They're going to ask you, what's your name and what's your address? You see, one identifies you and the other locates you. And without those two things, though you may have paid for the package, you can't receive it, right? If you go to the post office to pick up a parcel, you have to take some ID with you, a form of identification. Without the identification, they will not give you your parcel. You can say to them, I can see it behind you on the shelf, but they won't give you that parcel if you can't identify who you are. And I wonder how many of us are not receiving the answer to the prayers that we pray because we don't know how to identify who we are in Christ. You need to be able to identify yourself to pick up what is rightfully yours. So we're going to have a look at one of the names that Jesus calls us. In John 10, he says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them by name. When you are born into the family of God, he calls you a sheep. I know. It is not the most flattering thing you may have been called in your life. It's not the greatest compliment. I'm like, really? You know, I think many of you are probably thinking of Clarkson's Farm about now. And uh, there was, you know, I wanted to use a clip from Clarkson's Farm, but there was too many expletives and so it was just not suitable for church. But, you know, the scene where he was trying to... Um, he was trying to lead the sheep through the field and they weren't following him and doing what he wanted. And then he went on to breeding them and it was all going horribly wrong. Well, Jesus calls us his sheep. I mean, really, Jesus? A sheep? I think I prefer Barbara. It's not exactly a compliment. I mean, if you are King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Saviour of the world, and you wanted to establish your kingdom and make your name great upon the earth, could you not have come up with a better name for your people, a better analogy to call your children other than sheep? I mean, couldn't you have called us something powerful like a ram or a horse or something strong like a lion or... I don't know, something a little bit more graceful like a swan or a gazelle, but a sheep. I mean, there's nothing to a sheep. A sheep doesn't look grand. A sheep isn't powerful. It's not strong. It doesn't radiate beauty. Why a sheep? I have sat in many a church meeting over the course of my life, and I have heard the subject of us being likened to sheep preached on many times over. And I have heard it said over and over again that sheep are the dumbest of animals. And that is why Christ likened us to being like a sheep, because sheep are pretty brainless and sheep can't make decisions on their own. And sheep are so dumb, they just follow. But you know what? It just didn't sit right to me. It just doesn't make any sense to me. 
When I look around the world, the state of the world, the moral decay that is in the world, people violating laws and degrading themselves at every possible opportunity, that we the ones who are following God's word and God's ways and applying his principles to our lives, we're the ones who are called sheep, the dumbest of animals. That just didn't make sense to me. And I began to wonder, why did Jesus call us sheep? Why? And it got me thinking, what if Jesus likened us to sheep? Because there's something in the DNA of the sheep. There is something in the makeup of the sheep that he could see similarities to us when we are reborn into the Spirit of God. And so this week, with the Bible in one hand and a livestock farming app open in the other hand, I have become sheep detective and I have found all things sheep. And so I am going to make several analogies, several points from the Bible and the livestock farming app. And somewhere in the middle, you're going to find yourself. Somewhere in the middle, there's going to be a connection where we can see maybe this is why Jesus called us sheep. Number one, sheep have rectangular pupils. Instead of circular pupils, they have rectangular. Okay, farming blog. Their rectangular pupils allow them to have a 320 field of vision. This means they have an awareness of everything that is around them without having to turn their heads. This is especially useful for sheep as they are a prey species and it enables them to always be on the watch for predators. I think one of the things Jesus was saying when he likened us to a sheep was, God's got your blind side covered. God's got your blind side covered. You know, you've always been used to doing life with two-dimensional eyesight. You've always been used to seeing just what's in front of you. But when you are reborn into the nature of God, there is an upgrade on your vision. You are now able to see what you could never see before. You are able to be aware of what is around you. You can foresee what is coming up. It's not with these eyes, but God has given an upgrade on your vision to be able to see more. It's called knowledge. It's called wisdom. It's called the Spirit of God at work on the inside of of you. No more sudden surprises. In, in um, where are we? In the book of, in book of Ephesians, Paul talks to the church of Ephesus and he says to them, may, your, may the eyes of your heart be enlightened so that you know what you cannot yet see. God talks about you having a vision in your heart so that you can know things that have not yet been or not yet be seen. In Proverbs 22, it says sensible people, that in in this translation it means God's people foresee trouble and they hide from it. But gullible people go ahead and suffer the consequences. God has given you the ability to be able to foresee. People say that sheep are hopeless and helpless because they have no ability to fight back. 
But their strength, I have discovered, is not in teeth and claws and being offensive. Their strength is in their eyesight, having an awareness of what is coming before it even comes. God has given you an awareness. God has given you an awareness of when there is danger around, of when things are not right. And He has given you the ability, like He gave the sheep, to get out of the way. The second thing that I discovered is that sheep have an excellent sense of smell. Do you know, they even have scent glands under their eyes and on their feet. Literally, sheep smell with their feet. So that means before their nose can pick up a scent, sheep can walk into a field And they can smell whether there is a predator in that field or not, literally through the scent glands between the toes on their feet. Sheep can walk into a field and know straight away what animal has gone before them. And if there is a predator there, that sheep will ground itself and not go into the field. No matter how hard it's being driven, it will not go in if it can sense a predator. It can also sense whether this is good grass to eat or not good grass to eat. Maybe Jesus was making a point to us here that maybe you wouldn't have to pray all the rescue prayers you pray if you just paid attention to where your feet were taking you. Here's a true fact that we all know so well, and that is our sense of smell is called your fifth sense. Your sense of smell is needed for making choices because it forewarns you of danger. Your sense of smell will tell you if there's a fire. Your sense of smell can smell gas that you cannot see. Your sense of smell will smell food that has gone off and warn you, you cannot eat that. This is not good for you. So if your sense of smell is your fifth sense, then when you are reborn into the family of God, you get a sixth sense. And it's a different kind of way of smelling. God says you're able to pick up smells that maybe you haven't seen before. All too often, we allow ourselves to carelessly walk into environments that we know are off. The conversation is off, we can sense it. The atmosphere is off, we can smell it. Your sixth sense can just pick it up. And with that, you've got to be active like that sheep that refused to go into the field because it knew there was a predator. There has to be something within your spirit that says, I know I need to leave this group chat. This is not good. I need to get out of this environment. It is toxic. There has to be something in you that has the courage to get up and go. Like, this is no good for me. This is unhealthy. I need to walk away from this friendship group because it's doing me no good at all. It's one thing knowing it, but what are you doing about that which you know? In 2 Corinthians, it tells us that the people of God carry His fragrance like a sweet aroma. That means you should be able to walk into an environment and know it's a healthy environment. When you walked into this auditorium today, there is a sweet aroma because everybody who's gathered here today is gathered with one purpose, and that is to seek Jesus and to lift His name high. The people of God give off a sweet aroma. Therefore, you need to let your six 
scent gland and help you choose the company you keep, help you decide where you go for counsel, help you decide who you are going to listen to and where you're going to take your advice from. Because you have more ways of knowing than just the smell through your nose. Third thing, there are over a thousand distinct breeds of sheep worldwide. Like, over a thousand. I mean, when I think sheep, I just think Mary had a little lamb, all white and fluffy, and that's sheep to me. But I discovered that there are over a thousand breeds worldwide. I think Jesus wanted to know, you are not all the same. Stop comparing yourselves with one another. You are not all the same. And stop judging somebody else's walk by your walk. Stop judging somebody else's um, where they are in life by where you are in life. Though we may be here together and we may be of one flock, we are all different. You might be sat here today and you might be a Hebridean sheep. And you might be sat to your left might be a Barbados black belly and to your right might be a Welsh mountain badger face. We are different. We are not the same. And I think Jesus was saying, I didn't clone you in the natural. I'm such a creative God. I was able to give you all two eyes, a nose and a mouth, but none of you look the same. So why would I clone you when you come into the family of God? You're unique and you're different. And that's okay. We are all made individuals. But let me tell you this. If the person next to you is committed to following God with his life and his ways, no matter what you think about them, they're a sheep. Known by him, identified by him, called by him and loved by him. Do you know some breeds of sheep possess a gene? In fact, You all need to look at me when I say this, because this could get really uncomfortable if you turn and glance at the person next to you, okay? So some breeds of sheep possess a gene called a polycerat gene. This means they have the ability to grow two or four or six horns, okay? I don't need to say much more about that. Some of us have a really spiky edge. And sometimes you might be doing life with someone and you just manage to nail one horn that they keep presenting to you and lo and behold, another one grows. It's just life, people. It's just sheep, people. We will keep getting it wrong. We will keep messing up. We will keep button heads and we will keep spiking each other from time to time. But we are all sheep. Okay. Oh, listen, there's even a sheep in Australia called the comeback sheep. If I was ever going to be known as a sheep, I'd want to be known as the comeback sheep. Maybe when Jesus called you a sheep, he was saying, though the world has set you back a little, your comeback's going to be far greater. So who knows? But uh, there is another thing about sheep is they have great memories. A study revealed that sheep can recognise up to 50 other sheep faces and remember them for up to two years. And they train them like this. They train them kind of like you train a dog with treats and rewards. And this is what they found. Sheep don't forget. David wrote in Psalm 103, 
Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not his benefits. I think Jesus was saying, now you're a child of God. I need you to remember throughout your life the goodness of God. When you are in the valley, remember when you are on the mountain. When you are facing the hard times, remember his goodness and his grace over your life. Don't forget when he healed your heart. Don't forget when he healed your sick friend. Don't forget when he answered that prayer. If he's done it before, don't you forget that he can do it again. Don't forget his promises. Don't forget his grace over your life. Don't forget In Psalm 119, David wrote these words, I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and I keep your law. I remember your name in the night. The night speaks of dark seasons, dark times in your life when things aren't going quite like they should. And David says, I remember your names. I remember God when I'm sick in my body that you are Jehovah Rapha, you're the God who heals. I remember your name when I am in need, God. I remember your Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. I remember your name that you are wonderful, counsellor, almighty God, your everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I'm going to remember your name and I'm going to apply it to my situation and my circumstances. Sheep have such great memories that they have even been able to navigate complex mazes and then remember again how to work their way through. I think Jesus wanted us to know you now have the ability to navigate your way through some of the most darkest seasons of your life. Don't you think when you're in times of trouble that you've been abandoned? Don't you think when you are up against a difficulty that I have left you in the dark because I have given my Holy Spirit on the inside of you to navigate you through this season of your life? Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all of your ways. Acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. When you don't know where to go, you acknowledge God and He's going to make that path straight before you. Another thing that I discovered on my sheep discovery is that sheep are emotionally complex animals. Hello, church. Emotionally complex animals. Sheep here's the farming blog, are capable of experiencing a wide range of emotions, just as humans do. Many studies have highlighted the sheep can feel afraid, angry, bored, sad, and happy. Not only do sheep are able to feel basic emotions, but they're able to interact with one another through their feelings and emotions, and they can be very complex. For example, sheep scientific studies have shown that sheep can be pessimists or optimists. I mean, gosh, I wonder why Jesus likened us to sheep. I have no idea. Sheep are moved by their feelings. They can be excited and they can be bored and they can be really happy and they can be thoroughly in a rotten mood the next day. I think, you know, they can be pessimistic and they can be optimistic. And I think Jesus is just highlighting the point here that look, when you become a child of God, your attitude, your mindset, the way you are, the who you are, it doesn't just change, you're still you. And you still have to manage your moods. You're not going to wake up every day floating on the cloud, feeling great about life. And if you don't master your emotions, your emotions will master you. And so you have the ability to choose like a sheep. 
You could be a pessimist in here today, always seeing the worst, always seeing what's not being done, always seeing what's not right. Or you can be an optimist in here today, always hopeful, confident, and speaking good about your future, both in the house of God, both loving Jesus, both known by Jesus, but speaking very differently about your future. But you get to choose who you're going to be, just like the sheep. Sheep can self-medicate. They know what plants to eat to prevent and treat disease, and they teach their young to do the same. You know, when you're reading the Word of God, it is like taking daily supplements. It is like taking in vitamins and nutrition and things that are helpful and wholesome to your spirit. When you daily read the Word of God, it medicates your soul. When you apply the Word of God to your life, not just skip through it, not just hear it. When you begin to digest it for yourself, in the Word of God, you will find help for your marriage. You will find wisdom for raising your kids. You will find how to get peace in time times of stress during your life. It is medicine and nourishment to your soul. Proverbs 3, 7 says, don't assume that you know it all. Run to God and run from evil and your body will glow with health and your very bones will vibrate with life. Don't know what that looks like, but it sounds good. Like it's just You're going to ooze life when you medicate yourself on the Word of God. And the thing that I loved most about reading this farming blog is this is the only area where it says the sheep teach their young to do the same. They teach the young, you need to eat this, you need to avoid this, you need to get your vitamins in, you need to nourish yourself. If you want longevity, this is what you need to eat. Proverbs 22 tells us, Train up a child in the way it should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. I thank God if there's one thing I ever did right in my life, and that was teach my kids how to self-medicate. Teach them how to read the Word of God for themselves. All you young mamas and dads out there, teach your young how to take in the Word of God for themselves. Sheep are highly social and smart animals. Sheep belong to a herd. They belong in a gathering. They were never meant to do life alone. Sheep form strong bonds between one another and are capable of making friendships. Studies reveal that they're able to recognise different emotional expressions. Don't ask me how they do this. But they can recognise pictures of sheep with calm expressions, startled expressions, fearful expressions. This is a very important skill for the sheep to have. Here we go. As they learn to be sensitive to how others are feeling. Let me tell you, if you are in this flock, you have it within you to be able to be a friend to someone. And you also have it within you to be be able to make friends with others. We are not here to do life alone. We are here to do life together. But let me just give you a helping hand here. Not everybody is like you. Not everybody wants your opinion forced on them. Not everybody wants to be told what they should be doing by you. Not everybody even wants your wisdom. Sometimes they just want you to be, to be alongside them, to be sensitive to the way that they 
are feeling. Just be sensitive to the way that somebody else is feeling and do life together. When I went through the darkest season of my life, I remember this day, I sat on the end of my bed and I cried. I just cried. I couldn't speak. I couldn't pray. I sat and I cried. And Sarah Palmer came round and she sat on the end of the bed and she cried. And she didn't hug me, didn't hold me. She just, and we were looking at each other. And we just sat and cried together. I didn't need words at that time. I didn't even need a hug. I just need someone who felt what I was feeling. You know, Romans 12 says, bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other and don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. And hey, don't you try to be the great somebody. It's like, come on, guys. Be sensitive to each other's feelings. And the final thing, sheep cannot get up by themselves if they fall over. And I know this kind of like looks funny and sounds funny because when a sheep stumbles, it flips onto its back like a turtle and its legs are flailing in the air and it's completely helpless. But it's actually really serious for a sheep because it can't get back on its feet without the help of the shepherd. The feet, the the sheep is stuck there and if it remains on its back, then it is there for prey. It's fodder for prey. It's vulnerable and actually it will surely die. Sheep the only creatures who need a shepherd. You don't hear of a cowherd or a pighead or a chickenhead. But sheep, they need a shepherd. And I don't believe it's because they're dumb or hopeless. I believe it's because they're really smart animals. You see, I think they understand that two is great but three is better than one because a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. You see, though I'm in the flock and I have friendship and companionship, I also need lordship over my life. You see, my friends, they're just like me. And though they feel my pain when I fall, I need more than their sympathy to get me on my feet again. I need the hand of a shepherd who's going to pick me up. I need a hand of a shepherd who's going to set me on my feet again. I think sheep are really smart. There is an old English shepherding term for when the sheep fall down and flip onto their back and it's called being cast down. Cast down. I'm following Jesus not because I'm a wet and wishy-washy Christian. I'm following the shepherd because I know at some point in my life, I'm going to fall again. At some point in my life, I'm going to be cast down again. I'm going to fall into depression. I'm going to fall into sin. I'm going to fall into temptation. I'm going to stumble on the problem. I'm going to trip up on the lie. And I'm going to need the helping hand of a shepherd to right side my life again. In John 10, 11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. 
in verse 27, he said, My sheep hear my voice. They know me and they follow me. Love that. In Psalm 37, 24, it says, Though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord upholds them by His hand. Oh, I just love, I love, I love the Word of God. It's not the dumb who follow Jesus. It's the smart who follow Jesus. It's the ones who say, I want longevity over my life. I don't want my life cut short through mistakes and foolishness because I got into something and it caused me to stumble and it caused me to fall. And I didn't know how to sort my life out. I'm gonna follow the shepherd. And where he goes, I'm gonna go. Because I know that not if I fall, but when I fall, there's a Saviour there who can rescue my life and put me the right way round. David knew this, David knew this. When he said in Psalm 23, he had a revelation of Jesus. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Let me just tell you, David was a mighty man. He was a king. He had one of the greatest armies upon the earth. David was a strong, courageous, bold, a man's man. Yet he said, I need a shepherd. I need a shepherd because when I fall, I need put in the right way up. And there's only one who can do that. And I don't know, church, where life finds you today. I don't even know if you know Jesus as the shepherd. And I hope today that you'll go away taking a little bit more confidence in the fact that you are a sheep. I felt quite proud of being a sheep by the time I'd finished this study. But Jesus wants you to know that He's your shepherd. He's your shepherd. It says in Psalm 95, come, let us worship. So what we're gonna do in a minute, we're gonna worship. It says, let us bow down and let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Let's remember who He is. For we are His people and He watches over us. For we are the flock under His care. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you can take that message and apply it to your life. Also, don't forget to take a moment to subscribe, rate and review this podcast. To get connected or stay more connected to the life of Liverpool One Church and learn how you can join us live, visit liverpoolonechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us and we hope to see you again soon.